Evening prayer begins on page 21. O worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Let the whole earth stand in awe of him. Let us humbly confess our sins unto Almighty God. Almighty and most merciful Father, we have erred and strayed from thy ways like lost sheep. We have followed too much the devices and desires of our own hearts. We have offended against thy holy laws. We have left undone those things which we ought to have done, and we have done those things which we ought not to have done. And there is no health in us. But thou, O Lord, have mercy upon us, miserable offenders. Spare thou those, O God, who confess their faults. Restore thou those who are penitent, according to thy promises declared unto mankind, in Christ Jesus our Lord. And grant, O most merciful Father, for his sake, that we may hereafter live a godly, righteous, and sober life, to the glory of thy holy name. Amen. Grant, we beseech thee, merciful Lord, to thy faithful people, pardon and peace, that they may be cleansed from all their sins, and serve thee with a quiet mind, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. O Lord, open thou our lips, and, and our mouth shall show forth thy praise. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Praise ye the Lord. The Lord's name be praised. Psalm 17. Hear the right, O Lord, consider my complaint, and hearken unto my prayer, that goeth not out of feigned lips. Let my sentence come forth from thy presence, and let thine eyes look upon the thing that is equal. Thou hast proved and visited mine heart in the night season. Thou hast tried me, and shalt find no wickedness in me. For I am utterly purposed that my mouth shall not offend. As for the works of men, by thy word of thy lips I have kept me from the ways of the destroyer. Behold thou up my goings in thy paths, that my footsteps slip not. I have called upon thee, O God, for thou shalt hear me, incline mine ear to me, and hearken unto my words. Know thy marvelous loving kindness, thou that art the Savior of them which put their trust in thee, from such as resist thy right hand. Keep me as the apple of an From the ungodly that trouble me, mine enemies compass me round about, to take away my soul. They are enclosed in their own fat, and their mouth speaketh proud things. They lie waiting in our way on every side, watching to cast us down to the ground. Like as a lion that is greedy of its prey, and as it were a lion's whelp lurking in secret places. Up, Lord, disappoint him and cast him down, 
Deliver my soul from the ungodly by thine own sword. Yea, by thy hand, O Lord, from the men of evil world, which have their portion in this life, whose bellies thou fill with thy hidden treasure. They have children at their desire, and leave the rest of their substance for their babes. But as for me, I shall behold thy presence in righteousness, and when I awake after thy likeness, I shall be satisfied. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here begins the first chapter of the book of Hosea. The word of the Lord that came to Hosea the son of Beeri in the days of Uzziah, Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah, kings of Judah, and in the days of Jeroboam the son of Joash, king of Israel. When the Lord began to speak by Hosea, the Lord said to Hosea, Go, take yourself a wife of harlotry and children of harlotry, for the land has committed a great harlotry by departing from the Lord. So he went and took Gomer the son of Diblaim, and she conceived and bore him a son. Then the Lord said to him, Call his name Jezreel, for in a little while I will avenge the bloodshed of Jezreel on the house of Jehu, and bring an end to the kingdom of the house of Israel. It shall come to pass in that day that I will break the bow of Israel in the valley of Jezreel. And she conceived again and bore a daughter. Then God said to him, Call her name Lo-Ruhamah, for I will no longer have mercy on the house of Israel, but I will utterly take them away. Yet I will have mercy on the house of Judah, will save them by the Lord their God, and will not save them by bow, and will not save them by bow, nor by sword or battle, by horses or horsemen. Now when she had weaned Lo Ruhamah, she conceived and bore a son. Then God said, Call his name Lo Ami, for you are not my people, and I will not be your God. Yet the number of the children of Israel shall be as the sand of the sea, which cannot be measured or numbered. And it shall come to pass in the place where it was said to them, You are not my people. There it shall be said to them, You are the sons of the living God. Then the children of Judah and the children of Israel shall be gathered together and appoint for themselves one head, and they shall come up out of the land, for great will be the day of Jezreel. Say to your brethren, My people, and to your sisters, mercy is shown. Bring charges against your mother, bring charges, for she is not my wife, nor am I her husband. Let her put away her harlotries from her sight, and her adulteries from between her breasts, lest I strip her naked and expose her as in the day she was born, and make her like a wilderness, and set her like a dry land, and slay her with thirst. I will not have mercy on her children, for they are children of harlotry, for their mother has played the harlot. She who conceived them has behaved shamefully. For she said, I will go after my lovers, who give me my bread and my water, my wool and my linen, my oil and my drink. Here ends the first lesson. Deacon Bob, I think you're muted. Thank you for that, I'm sorry. Magnificat. My soul doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior. For he hath regarded the lowliness of his handmaiden. For behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed. For he that is mighty hath magnified me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is on them that fear him throughout all generations. He has showed strength with his arm. 
He has scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He hath put down the mighty from their seat, and hath exalted the humble and meek. He hath filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he has sent empty away. He, remembering his mercy, hath opened his servant Israel, as he promised to our forefathers, Abraham and his seed forever. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here begins the 21st verse of the fourth chapter of the book of Galatians. Tell me, you who desire to be under the law, do you not hear the law? For it is written that Abraham had two sons, the one by a bondwoman, the other by a free woman. But he who was of the bondwoman was born according to the flesh, and he of the free woman through promise, which things are symbolic. For these are the two covenants, the one from Mount Sinai, which gives birth to bondage, which is Hagar. For this Hagar is Mount Sinai in Arabia, and corresponds to Jerusalem, which now is, and is in bondage with her children. But the Jerusalem above is free, which is the mother of us all. For it is written, Rejoice, O barren, you who do not bear. Break forth and shout, you who are not in labor. For the desolate has many more children than she who has a husband. Now we, brethren, as Isaac was, are children of promise. But as he who was born according to the flesh then persecuted him who was born according to the Spirit, even so it is now. Nevertheless, what does the Scripture say? Cast out the bondwoman and her son, for the son of the bondwoman shall not be heir with the son of the free woman. So then, brethren, we are not children of the bondwoman, but of the free. Here ends the second lesson. Gather, Nucdemidus. Lord, now let us thou thy servant depart in peace, according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, to be a light to lighten the Gentiles, and to be the glory of thy people Israel. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven, and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with thy spirit. Let us pray. O Lord, show thy mercy upon us. And grant us thy salvation. O Lord, save the state. And mercifully hear us when we call upon thee. Do thy ministers with righteousness. And make thy chosen people joyful. O Lord, save thy people. And bless thine inheritance. Give peace in our time, O Lord. For it is thou, Lord, only that makest us dwell in safety. O God, may clean our hearts within us. And take not thy Holy Spirit from us. O Lord God, who seest that we put not our trust in anything we do, mercifully grant that by thy power we may be defended against all adversity through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O God, from whom all holy desires, all good counsels, and all just works do proceed, 
Give unto thy servants that peace which the world cannot give, that our hearts may be set to obey thy commandments, and also that by thee we, being defended from the fear of our enemies, may pass our time in rest and quietness, through the merits of Jesus Christ our Savior. Amen. Lighten our darkness, we beseech thee, O Lord, and by thy great mercy defend us from all perils and dangers of this night, for the love of thy only Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Good evening, everyone. We have some interesting um, passages today. Um, as we just prayed that uh, in our collect that we are not going to put our trust in anything we can do, but we we ask mercifully that God will, by his power, will defend us against all adversity. And so um, one of the questions about how we, uh, who, we're, who we're depending on, um, is who do I belong to? So we see in um, Psalm 17, the psalmist, most likely David, um, and if you look at 1 Samuel 23, 25, we see that Saul was after David. And that, that could provide a really suitable background for this psalm. And the verse says, Saul and his men began, to, the, began the search, and when David was told about it, he went down to the rock and stayed in the desert of Mount. When Saul heard this, he went into the desert of Mount in pursuit of David. So the narrative of that, of that passage matches the psalm. When the, the psalmist is surrounded by his enemies, um, and then in verse 12, we see one of them is singular, uh, called as a lion who is eager to tear his prey, and like a young lion lurking in secret places, which we would refer to Saul in that place. So the psalm um, is really, it's instructive to us because we're asking who do we belong to and how do we deliver ourselves? And the temptation is for us to deliver ourselves to think of something. Uh, when you think way back to the very first sin, um, Satan convinced Eve that she didn't have something that she needed, even though God had given everything she wanted. And that was the, the lure of it, was to be able to take care of it herself. So we see three appeals in this song. We, we, we hear the psalmist say, hear, give, and rise. And so in the first five verses, the first appeal is based on righteousness, the righteousness of the psalmist. And it's important for us to remember that righteousness does not mean sinlessness. It means we belong to God, and, and God has provided a way for us to be righteous. Then uh, faith is through faith. So in the, the next six verses, David makes his needs known to God, that he's being um, tracked and he's being followed by his enemies. And so in the last appeal is the, the appeal for divine action rather than David's own action. And interesting enough, David um, showed his, his commitment to divine action on the times he had a chance to take care of Saul all by himself with you know, one quick quick thrust of a spear or a, or a sword, and David would ascend to the throne and Saul would be gone, but he wouldn't strike the Lord's anointed. He was waiting for God to do that. So that takes us to, um, to Hosea, and um, Hosea, one of my favorite prophets for, I don't even know why, but it's a lot of reasons, I think. Um, Hosea means God delivers, um, and so that's what his, his um, message is about. And so he's at the time of um, Uzziah, King Uzziah, and that list the kings that he does prophecy during. And just to kind of match up the times, you remember uh, verse, uh, verse 1 of chapter 6 of Isaiah talks about Isaiah's call, and it was in the year that King Uzziah died. So they were somewhat contemporary. So Hosea is called, and, and I think I mentioned before, but prophets didn't just get to talk. They had to live their life, uh, and their whole life was a message. And in Hosea's life, he was um, called to marry a harlot. 
And um, something just to mention about harlot, we think of harlot, um, I think we think of um, uh, prostitution or uh, or whoredom or whatever the word you want to use, but it could mean just promiscuous too. And promiscuity wasn't an acceptable um, choice for that time. Um, but he fell in love or he was, he took, uh, um, obediently, he took Gomer, his wife. And um, Gomer most likely means completion or uh, fulfillment. And so um, it's kind of a, a play because Israel's not going to be fulfilled because of the harlotry. And so it's pretty clear that um, he and he and Gomer are married. Uh, he and as a result of their um, actions together, she conceives, and they have a son, Jezreel. And uh, they have three children, but the Jezreel is, seems to be obvious that Hosea went into Gomer and, and she conceived. The next two children, it's not so clear who the papa was, and we already know about her promiscuity. So. Uh, and it fits with the passage in the judgment that possibly Hosea was not the father of the next two children. Jezreel means God sows or God scatters. And scatters is a good metaphor because um, uh, it's kind of like reaping. And, and what's going to happen is there's going to be a reaping of the consequences. And the people will be scattered. His daughter, um, the next one, and I say his daughter, but her daughter, Lo Ruhama. Ruhama means uh, pity, mercy. Uh, so, and low, low means no, so it's, she's going to receive no mercy. And um, so that's, again, the, the names, the actions, their whole lives are, are part of a prophecy. And then they have a son, Loami, which means not my people, which is what a judgment. Uh, they, they've been the people of God all this time, and now uh, the prophecy is they won't be their people, the people of Israel. But he does make, he, he says in there that uh, the people of Judah will still have a chance. So my point about that is there's always a remnant. And um, so in this case, Judah's the remnant. When Judah goes into captivity, there's a remnant from, from Judah. So Hosea does have a love for his wife, and it mirrors God's love. And he calls her back, takes her back. And in spite of her heartily, their har harlotry, she's call they're called back to faith. And uh, and, the, and there is a judgment, but also in their judgment, it's a pretty um, severe judgment. There's also a promise of a brighter future. So again, we see that uh, who do you belong to? Um, Gomer belonged to harlotry. Hosea belonged to God. And uh, David belonged to God. So uh, we're going to see that we're called to belong to God, but then we have to make that choice. So as we move over to Galatians, it's an interesting passage. And it's, as it was being read... So, so great, uh, great reading by Aaliyah. And I'm thinking as she's reading it, man, if I was first reading that the first time and I had no idea what it meant, it was kind of confusing. But what we have is a bit of history where Hagar was the woman that Sarah gave to Abraham because God promised some children and he was getting so old, she thought she better do something about it rather than wait on God. So she was, her son Ishmael was the product of, of human effort. And then God provided them a son through Sarah. And um, Isaac was the um, um, son of promise. And so Isaac is the gift of God, and, and Ishmael was the efforts of Abraham and, and Sarah and Hagar. And so uh, that's the history of it. And Paul, when he writes on it this time, he's using it as an allegory here, not a history. And it doesn't mean Paul didn't believe that it was a history. He's just using it as an allegory. And the allegory of the important things to remember are salvation is a gift from God and not of our own efforts. And the Galatians were being influenced by people who downplayed salvation 
by faith and wanted to enslave the Galatians to the law again, come back to the law. So we come back around to the question, who do I belong to? So we have to ask ourselves, and with uh, Lent coming up, we, it's important to ask ourselves, are we relying on ourselves, our own efforts, other humans? Are there things that give us comfort? And uh, I used to have a kind of a dread of Lent when it approached, because I would think, oh, I have to give something up that I like. And and now I, I kind of look forward to Lent, because it's a chance for me, as Bishop says, to say no, say no to something. And his, his theory, or Bishop has said, you should never say yes to anything you can't say no to. It also gives me a chance, and, and my fellow uh, believers, you guys inspire me. I've given up uh, Facebook and some uh, video games like Solitaire. I haven't played them since I gave them up a couple of years ago. So my life changes and, and as a, as a uh, part of going through Lent So it's um, and giving something up and replacing it with something good. And so we need to know that um, the good stuff comes from God, and we experience when we give up some of the bad stuff or the stuff that takes us from him uh, now. And it's also true in his fulfilled kingdom. And I think a group uh, from St. Thomas knows this week, I read The Last Battle by C.S. Lewis, the seventh book of the Chronicles of Narnians, for the um, at least 20th time. But I love that. I love the whole series. But um, at the end of Narnia, when when the kingdom of Narnia is fulfilled and the and the earthly or the real part of Narnia is destroyed. And they actually, this wasn't the real part, it was the part they'd experienced. And now they come to the real Narnia, the fulfilled Narnia, uh, which is like the fulfilled, uh, re resurrected earth that we, we hope to be with Jesus with in our telos. And the, and the children and their, and the other believers and followers of Aslan, they eat of the fruit in this resurrected land. And, uh, C.S. Lewis describes the fruit. What was the fruit like? Unfortunately, no one can describe a taste. All I can say is that compared with those fruits, the freshest grapefruit you've ever eaten was dull, and the juiciest orange was dry, and the most melting pear was hard and woody, and the sweetest wild strawberry was sour, and there were no seeds or stones and no wasps. If you had eaten that fruit, all the nicest things in this world would taste like medicines after it, but I can't describe it. You can't find out what it is like unless you can get to that country and taste it for yourself. So that's our call, is to remember our telos, to focus on uh, the kingdom to come as we focus on the kingdom we live in in the present. Let's continue with the intercession on page 590. And accept, O Lord, our intercessions for all mankind. Let the light of thy gospel shine upon all nations. And may as many as have received it live as becomes it. Be gracious unto thy church, and grant that every member of this same, in his vocation and ministry, may serve thee faithfully. Bless all in authority over us, and so rule their hearts and strengthen their hands, that they may punish wickedness and vice, and maintain thy true religion and virtue. Send down thy blessings, temporal and spiritual, upon all our relations, friends, and neighbors. Reward all who have done us good, and pardon all those who have done or wish us evil, and give them repentance and better minds. Be merciful to all who are in any trouble, especially those for whom we make our prayers at this time.
And do thou, the God of pity, administer to them according to their several necessities, for his sake who went about doing good, thy Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. We beseech thee to continue thy gracious protection to us this night. Defend us from all dangers and mischiefs, and from the fear of them, that we may enjoy such refreshing sleep as may fit us for the duties of the coming day. And grant us grace always to live in such a state that we may never be afraid to die, so that living and dying we may be thine, through the merits and satisfaction of thy Son, Christ Jesus, in whose name we offer up these our imperfect prayers. Amen. Grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Ghost be with us all evermore. Amen. Thank you to Barb and Aaliyah for, for um, uh, co-leading with me, and um, blessings to all of you this evening. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Further up and further in. Night, everyone. Further up and further in, yes. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Good evening, everyone.